You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I'll start by asking you a question. I know that if people were to ask you, are you reading the Bible the way that you should, I think all of us would say no. We can always do better. We can always do more. So let's be a little bit more specific. If if our Bible reading for the past week was shown up on these screens, would we be happy with what we saw? Again, let's go beyond, well, well, we can always do better. I know we can always do better. But if we were to stand before the Lord right now, and we were only judged for the last week that we have lived, and he got to the Bible reading category, the Bible study category, how do we do? I want us to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 is where we're going to read. Please forgive my voice. I, as soon as I feel like I'm coming out of it, I fall right back into it, and I feel like I'm talking through a straw. I know I'm not the most pleasant to listen to right now. My wife tells me all the time. But just bear with me. The Bible says this in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Certainly this is a pastoral epistle, and verse 17 gives a very specific subject of this verse, the man of God. Not all of you in here could be considered a man of God as far as the biblical term is concerned. But I think we do understand that the principle of these verses is talking about more than just a man of God, more than just preachers, talking about more than just men, talking about every child, child of the Lord. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I want to title my message, Prepared, Come Fair or Foul. Father, bless the preaching of your word. Help your people who are here. Thank you so much for their faithfulness. And I ask that you would bless them, not from just the fellowship or the singing that we have enjoyed so far, but from your Holy Spirit speaking to them. And Lord, by confronting us with an obvious decision that can change our lives from going here and forward. We've heard many messages like this, and we've responded to them before, but we are prone to wander prone to fall back into bad habits that we have once broken. Lord, we're flesh, and you certainly remember our frame and know that we are dust. 
But let us be reminded tonight of the importance of your word. And we ask this in your name and for your sake. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Of all the situations in this world that tie my stomach in knots, and there are many, roller coasters, certain types of food, certain thoughts, but of all the situations that tie my stomach in knots, of all the situations that make me feel uneasy, of all of the situations that make my heart sink into my stomach, I do not know that there is a situation that does that more than being unprepared. I let you know recently that many of my nightmares are based on me being unprepared. Brother Scott knows that I am a constant project in this area, and he's working on me. If you would have talked to me eight years ago, does it bother you to be unprepared? I would have said, no, yeah, yeah, sure, a little bit. But it's getting to bother me, bother me greatly, and uh, bother me in a lot of different areas. When I pack a suitcase, I overpack because I want to be prepared. Extra shirt, extra pants, extra <clears throat> extras, you know, extra all that. I want to be prepared. Come fair or foul. When I go on a, when I go on a camping trip, um, we went on some with Pastor Atwood when he was here, and just when we were in Salt Lake City, he wanted to go on a day hike, and we went on a day hike. And, but I, I was reminded when we would pack our backpacks for that, I would plan for the worst case scenario because I wanted to be prepared. I was gonna have my gun on me, I was gonna have my matches, I was gonna have my flashlight, and I was gonna have extra batteries, I was gonna have a way to signal somebody else. I was not gonna be the person that was being eaten by the other survivors because I was not prepared. When I study for a message, I, I study more than what I will give in the message because I want to be prepared. That's one of the most frustrating things of preaching because there's so much that I want to give you, but I, I study more. I try to give you the overflow and not just what I find in my study. My philosophy is it is better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I like it when I meet somebody and I have a track in my pocket because I am prepared. I do not like it when I'm speaking to somebody and the Lord says, you need to invite them to church and I have nothing. I like it when I go on a date with my wife and she gets cold and I have a jacket there to keep her warm because I am prepared. Come to think of it, I like it better when I don't have a jacket and I have to keep her warm. But anyways, <laughs> I try to bring a jacket. She is constantly cold, this lady. <clears throat> we, um, in Salt Lake, I got to meet Pastor Jeremy Coburnett and his wife, Joanna. And she was saying, we get, we get in the car, and I mean, when, when I left here, it was probably 70 degrees, and then you land in Utah, and it was 35. And um, we, were, we were in the van, and she gets in the back, and she's visibly shaking. She's like, <laughs> and uh, we're trying to get the heat going, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Ms. Coburnett, I'm trying, I'm trying to get the heat going. She's like, I, I have three levels of cold. I have cold, I have miserable cold, and I have angry cold. 
and I'm right in between miserable and angry. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best. And she said, is your wife the same way? I said, she has four levels of cold, actually. She has cold, she has miserable cold, she has angry cold, and she has auditorium cold. And auditorium cold is a mixture of all the first three. I like it when I have a meeting with our contractors and I am able to answer their questions, and I have questions to ask them that are the proper questions that don't make me look like I'm a fool or a moron, and then I actually know what I'm talking about because I am prepared. I especially like it when even when things go wrong in a situation, I'm not caught off guard because I have prepared for the situation, whether it went well or whether it did not go well. And this matter of being prepared in your life, no matter what happens, is exactly what 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 is talking about. God wants you to be prepared for your life. God wants you to be prepared for your day. He wants you to be prepared for your Christian walk. He wants you to be prepared for dating. He wants you to be prepared for marriage. He wants you to be prepared for child rearing. He wants you to be prepared for college. He wants you to be prepared for your career. He wants you to be prepared for everything that comes your way, the Bible says, even when those parts of your life go well or they don't go well at all. He wants you to be prepared for whatever he allows to come your way. How the Bible says it is God wants you to be perfect. He wants you to be entire. He wants you to be complete. He wants you to be wanting Nothing. You can find this word perfect in James, where it says, Let's, let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It gives its own definition there. But I really like this one. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. Some of your, some of your Bibles say thoroughly furnished. And I'm not talking about other versions, okay? Some of your King James say thoroughly, some say thoroughly. It's the same word, okay? Thoroughly furnished. Mine actually says thoroughly, but thoroughly. Same thing. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know what those two words mean? Thoroughly furnished. Fully stocked. It means equipped. It means prepared. Thoroughly furnished it was a nautical term, a shipping term in Paul's day. Let me explain. Before any merchant ship could embark on its voyage, a dock inspector would walk onto the ship with a list. And that dock inspector's only job was to make sure that that ship was prepared to reach its destination come fair or foul weather. Perhaps there was good weather in the forecast, but were they prepared if the weather turned bad? Perhaps there was food enough on board for if the trip went smoothly, but the inspector wanted to know, do you have enough food on board if something goes wrong? Perhaps their route was fairly simple and short, but were they prepared with safety measures if they ran aground and they started taking on water? Are you prepared for that? Perhaps it was a fairly safe route that they were following, but what the inspector wanted to know is, are you prepared if pirates come after you? 
Maybe the captain was very well-versed. Maybe he was a very tenured captain as far as um, shipping was concerned. But the inspector didn't say, oh, you've been doing this for a very long time. You don't need updated maps, and you don't need to make sure that your navigational instruments are in order. I don't care how long you've been doing this. Are your maps updated? And are, are your instrumental or your navigational instruments in proper working order just in case something goes wrong? And it was only when the inspector was satisfied that the ship could reach its destination, come fair or foul, he would mark off on that ship thoroughly furnished. This ship can complete its journey whether the trip goes well or whether it goes wrong. People weren't expecting Titanic to sink. So they didn't prepare for that. So when she started to sink, she's faced with the realization, the crew and the captain are faced with the realization, we only have enough lifeboats for 1,100 people and we have 2,200 people on board. If Titanic was throughly furnished, 1,500 people wouldn't have died. So what's the point? I think a lot more marriages would complete their voyage if they were throughly furnished. I think families would finish their journey of faith together if they were throughly furnished. I didn't say that your families would make it through their journey with no battles. You will face battles. I'm just saying that when your family faces those battles, you will come through victorious if you were throughly furnished. I believe bouts of great depression in a Christian's life, bouts of great anxiety and despair could either be soothed or avoided entirely if the people were just throughly furnished. I think millions of bad days could have been good days if the person was thoroughly furnished. You know, before you embark on the voyage of your day, God wants to make sure that you are prepared to reach the end of that day, come fair or foul. And before you embark on the voyage of a career change, God wants to make sure that you are thoroughly furnished, that you are able to reach the destination of that career change, not just start it, but finish it, come fair or foul. When you go to embark on the voyage of your marriage, God wants that to last until death, not until the first storm. So he wants to make sure that you are prepared to reach the end of your marriage whether it goes well or it doesn't go well at all. Because in a marriage, inevitable foul weather will come. When you embark on the voyage of raising a family, God wants to make sure you're prepared to reach the end of that journey, to complete that journey, come fair or foul. When you embark on the voyage of joining a church, God wants to make sure that you are prepared when things inevitably go foul in the church that you have joined. When you embark on the voyage of dating, God wants to make sure that you are prepared to see that through. When Tracy and I were dating, we were sitting in Bible college chapel one day and some preacher got up and he was fairly young, like mid middle age or something like that. And 
I'm not going to say anything bad about him, but he, he, he got up there and he said, you know, some of you guys have been dating and you're this and you're that. My wife and I dated for two years and we never fought one time. And Tracy and I looked at each other and said, did they talk? <laughs> it's not always going to be cupcakes and unicorns. I mean, you're, you're, you're different. <laughs> Than each other. If you're not fighting, someone's not talking, <laughs> or someone's not thinking. Greatest marriages are not the marriages that don't fight. They're the ones that are prepared, come fair or foul. And before you embark on the voyage of retirement, you know a lot of people have their life together until they retire, because they're not prepared. God wants you to be prepared for that retirement. There's a basketball coach that Jack Hiles ran into on, um, on a flight one day. I can't remember exactly who he was, but a, a very, very winning coach, very well-known coach. And it was coming up to his last game, and he said he was going to retire. And Jack Hiles asked him, sir, what are you going to do after you retire? And he said, well, I guess I'll just die. And a week after he retired, he died because he wasn't prepared. That was his life. That was his everything. And as soon as he stopped working, he stopped living. God wants you, when you embark on the voyage of the Christian life, because it is a voyage, it's a long one, and there are rough seas along the way. There's fair seas along the way, but there's rough seas along the way. He wants to make sure that you can complete the journey of your Christian life, come fair or foul. When you embark on the voyage of serving at church, I love how involved this church is. And wanting to get more and more and more and more involved. And I'm not just talking about people who are on staff. I'm not just talking about people who have surrendered to full-time ministry. So many of you want to serve in ministries. You're serving in the bus route. And you're serving in nursery. And you're serving in Bible Blazers. And you're serving in junior church. That isn't always easy. You have to deal with people. You have to deal with changes. You have to deal with rules. You have to deal with a boss that constantly changes his mind and wants things this way until he doesn't. And you have to deal with all of that. And you know what? The ministry is great, right? Ministry is great. It's not always good. It's not always fun. And the devil is going to make sure of that. And God wants to make sure that when you embark on the very noble voyage of serving the Lord, let's make sure that you can complete this journey, come fair or foul. What about the voyage of going to college? You know how many start college but don't finish? Because they weren't prepared. Weren't prepared to finish. And that is why God was so kind and gracious to give us this. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, colon, continuation of thought, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Everything you need to complete the voyage of your day is in this book right here. And not only to complete the voyage, I'm not talking about limping and barely making it into shore with just your sail sticking up as it slowly pulls into dock. I'm talking about making the voyage of your day in the right way, truly furnished unto all good works. Doing it the right way. Everything that you need to complete the voyage of your day is in this book. Everything that you need to complete the voyage of your marriage is in this book. And complete the voyage of child rearing is in this book. And complete the voyage of your career, no matter what you're doing, it is in this book. 
And no other book can do that. No other book can counsel the psychiatrist as well as the person who needs one. No other, per no other book can counsel the doctor as well as the trash collector. And the lawyer as well as the artist. Put whatever it is in there that you are doing, and this book has everything that you need in order to complete that voyage of your career and to complete it well. Whether fair or foul. If you want to know the right way to complete your journey, this book is profitable for doctrine. This is what is right. If you start going the wrong way on your voyage, this book is profitable for reproof. It not only points you, it'll slap you when you get off. And if you want to know when the Bible comes down and says, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, it doesn't just leave you there. How do I get back right again? This book is profitable for correction. Let me tell you how to get right. And when you wish to stay on the right track, this book is profitable for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, fully stocked to handle any situation in the right way so that your voyage can be completed. So what does that mean for us? Church, let's read our Bible. Let's study our Bible more. I asked you at the beginning, would you be happy with your Bible reading this last week? I didn't have you raise your hand, but I could see it on many of your faces. No, no, I would not be. And I would be the first to say, no, I would not be. M much, much further and much deeper than saying, well, I can always do better. We've had a wonderful couple years here at our church. We've seen some incredible things done. Did we get there through neglect of the scriptures or through obedience to the scriptures? Let's get back to where our schedules focus on this book again. To where our schedules are based around this. That this isn't the last thing, but this is the first thing. Another dating story. When I went on my senior trip, my wife and I had just started dating at that point, and I was going to be gone for a week, and that was an eternity for people who were in like with each other. <laughs> and we both had the same idea. It was really adorable, actually. I don't know what happened to us. We used to be so romantic, you know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We, we each wrote notes to each other that were to be opened on the, on the day. Oh. Come on, guys. Seriously. Hey, I got the girl, okay? I got the girl. So when we were gone Monday, she gave me a little note card that said Monday. And then the next one was Tuesday, and the next one Wednesday, and the next one you know, you know, you know. And the highlight of my day, I would wake up and I would, I would open that up and I would read it. And I would read it, I would read them over and over and over. And on Monday, I read Mondays. And then on Tuesday, I read Mondays and Tuesdays. And then on Wednesdays, I meant Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I was really starting to miss her. And I read them through twice. And then Friday came and I read. And I don't even think I could wait for Saturday. I just opened all of them up. Because it meant something to me. That somebody who I truly cared about and no, I knew cared about me would write me a love letter. 
And it just sits on our nightstand. It sits in our car. When the God of the universe has taken time to write us a love letter. Let's read it. Let's cherish it. Let's love it. Let's mark it. Let's write in it. I tell you, every single time I, I make a note in this, I fall in love with this Bible more and more. That's probably my son. It's either my son or it's one of our deacons, but just focus in here. <laughs> every time I make a mark in this, I just fall in love with it and I cherish this book more and more and more. Let's put away our phones Put away our computers. Put away our TVs. You know, one of the goals was for us to have fasts every now and then where we just put things away and we get back to this book. Let's fill our time with what will actually prepare us for the journeys that we're making. Facebook distracts you from the journeys that you're making. And all those things distract us. And they're good at it. They're good at it, aren't they? They're not good at preparing. And once the distraction is done, I go back to the voyage and realize, ugh, it's still stressing me out because I still don't know what to do. I wonder if I would have spent that time that I did scrolling like this, flipping like this, if I would have felt better about the voyage to come. Let's not be fair weather Christians. How many people do you know that embarked on their voyage of the day or they embarked on their voyage of whatever you want to say and all seem to be fine until they hit foul weather? And suddenly they're done because they weren't prepared for it. They were not truly furnished. How many people have we seen come into these seats right here and they're going and going and going. They're excited. They're on fire. But the first Tribulation comes, the first storm comes, the first sign of lightning and thunder comes, the first sign of foul weather comes, and they're gone. That wasn't God's plan. And you can't expect to complete the voyage of your marriage without foul weather. You cannot. You know, you know how many marriages end in divorce because they began it only furnished for fair weather? As long as you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours and everything's good. As long as you meet my needs and I meet your needs, everything's good. But as soon as something inevitable goes wrong, they're done. It's not supposed to be that way. Not when you have a Bible. You can't expect to finish the voyage of child rearing without foul weather. And I don't even have teenagers yet. Some, some parents just expect, oh, my kids are going to be saved. They're going to be baptized. They're going to be called. They're going to be obedient. They're going to be submissive to whatever I say, and they're going to be honest. Look, prepare for that. Prepare for that. But also prepare if they have a hard heart and they don't get saved. Also be prepared if the Lord doesn't call them or if the Lord is calling them, but they refuse to answer the call because they're stricken by the love of this world. What are you going to do then? You need to be prepared for if they're not obedient and they're rebellious and they're not submissive and they're wayward and they're not honest 
but they start sneaking around. You need to be prepared for that, and you can be prepared for that. Stay in this book. You can be prepared for the foul weather of child rearing. You can't expect the voyage of college to be completed without foul weather. You cannot expect the voyage of church attendance to be completed without foul weather. You're going to have disagreements, one with another, especially as a church grows. You are going to have disagreements one with another. Well, I miss when we all used to get along. Well, there were like 15 of us. We had to get along. Now there's more. You're going to have disagreements. And there's going to be growing pains. And I'm glad it's growing, but, but pains are pains. And you're going to have questions. And you cannot expect to complete the voyage of your Christian life without foul weather. There's going to be offenses. There's going to be obstacles along the way. And no wonder the Bible says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. It doesn't say nothing is going to be offensive. Just if you love God's word, it's not going to be a big deal for you. You can't even expect the voyage of your day to go off without a hitch. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what the day may bring forth. You're talking about what you're going to do tomorrow? What's going to happen a second from now? That person that was in that accident as you pulled up had no clue that was going to happen today. And they seem to be fine, but let's pray for them. That could have altered generations right there. And I guarantee you, if you would have caught those people 30 minutes ago, where are you going to be tomorrow? Well, this is where I'm going to be, and I'm going to do this, 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 and this. One wrong turn, one, one blown stop sign. Your day may begin with clear, clear skies and end with the darkest clouds and highest waves. But that storm doesn't have to capsize your vessel. The Lord has given you this book. All scripture is given. He has given you this book so you can be prepared for foul weather. How about this? How many people do you know that embarked on their voyage of wherever it is and they met with foul weather, but they were prepared for it because they studied God's word? But then the clouds cleared and things got better. And as soon as the weather turned, they turned their back on God because they weren't truly furnished. Many Christians are more prepared for foul weather than they are for fair. Many Christians are prepared for the storms, but as soon as the clear skies come, they forget, I need God just as much in the sunshine as I do in the rain. And this book will help you climb mountains as well as traverse valleys. This book will keep your vessel afloat in the storms, and it'll keep it straight in the, in the clear skies as well. God doesn't want us to be fair-weather Christians. He doesn't want us to be foul-weather Christians. He gave us this book so we could be all-weather Christians. He does not want us to be partially furnished so that we only know what to do when things go well. He doesn't want us to be partially furnished so that we only want to know what to do when things go wrong. He gave us this book that you may be truly perfect, truly furnished 
unto all good works. The Holy Spirit is our dock inspector. And he's approaching your vessel now. And he wants to make sure you are thoroughly furnished to make the voyage of your day and your marriage, your relationships, your friendships, your college career, your actual career, your child-rearing decision that you're making. Will you pass inspection? Some of you are wondering why God isn't letting you embark on the next step of faith. Because you know it's what you're supposed to do. But he's not letting you cast off. He won't let you release from shore. And it's confusing. Why? Some of you, you're wanting a child and you're praying for it. But he want no answer. Why? Some of you, you're wanting an opportunity to, to serve here at the church or, or wherever, and, and there's just no answer, no opportunity. Why? Some of you are wanting a promotion, and it's not coming through. Why? Some of you are wanting direction in something, and you're wondering why it's not coming through. Maybe it's because he knows you're not prepared to complete that journey, come fair or foul. After Bible college... I graduated with a bachelor's degree in missions to be a missionary to Argentina. I knew that since I was 12 years old. And as soon as I graduate, we get married, wait a year um, after, after counsel, and, and a year, I said, all right, it's time to start deputation. Nope. Sound familiar? No. What do you mean, No. No. Oh, like not the right time? Cool. For a year, I waited. A year, I prayed. I know you called me to preach. I know you want me to do something. What, what's, what, what's going on here? Let me embark. No. And you know what that waiting forced me to do? It forced me to my knees, and it forced me into this book. And suddenly, the day came, and it wasn't just like the, the birds came and, and lighted on my shoulders and picked me up and brought me down to Corpus Christi. But it, it, if, if you would have told me, it seemed like just suddenly a door that had been shut, completely shut, was suddenly just open. Go serve. And I came here. What happened in the meantime? I think I got thoroughly furnished. Because that waiting forced me to get in God's word. Some of you are in a storm that caught you off guard. Everything is in this book right here. Every supply that you need to make it through is right there. Some of you are in the clear for now. Remember, you need the Lord and you need this book just as much in the sunshine as in the storms. And remember that clear skies now do not guarantee clear skies even an hour from now. So stay in this book. Read it. Mark it. Love it. Turn, turn off the other stuff. 
every now and then, I understand you need it to unwind, you need it to unwind and all of that. I think, what do we need? What do we need? What do we need? Turn off all that other stuff. Listen to it. Some of you, well, I don't have time to read. I get up, I get up early in the morning. Well, get up earlier and read it. Or I'm on, I'm on, I've heard this before. I'm on my way to work and I listen to it, but I know that doesn't count. Doesn't count! Faith cometh by hearing! And hearing by the word of God. Listen to it. You can have your AirPods in, in all day at work. What are you, what are you gonna listen to? Listen, listen to this. You can listen to other stuff if you want to, but listen to this. Meditate upon it. I love that word meditate. It means ruminate. You know what that means? You wake up in the morning, you chew it, you swallow it, and throughout the day, <laughs> and you chew on it some more. Love this book. And you can be prepared for whatever happens, come fair or foul. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.